0: The Road to Tukiad, an anthology by Shrapnel. Trothkin, today I have bid for the future of Terra. The precentor marshal of Comstar has offered challenge from his Comguards to all the clans whose forces invaded the Inner Sphere. If we defeat them, they will cede the court of the Star League to our control and give all of Comstar's considerable resources to our cause. Terror can be ours within the year. In return, the pre marshal demands that if his Comguards defeat us, we must halt our advance at the current line for the next fifteen years. I have accepted these terms. The Comguards can field perhaps fifty regiments. In all likelihood, a force of twenty-five galaxies is an appropriate response. I offer the following advice. Some will say that because the Comguards have seen little combat, and because most warriors of the Inner Sphere have thus far proven weak and ill-equipped, that therefore the Comguards are no worthy foe. Beware this dangerous assumption. Comstar pilots battlemechs from the days of the Star League. Though these units do not compare to our Omnimechs, they are far superior to the battlemechs of the successor states. This battle will be neither short nor easy, and advise that we prepare for a long campaign. If you intend to win victory, configure your units with energy weapons, and create and protect adequate supply lines. Our superior weapons are our greatest advantage. Wherever possible, confront the enemy at long range. Make the most of that advantage. When facing Inner Sphere units, equipped primarily with long-range missiles or other systems capable of striking the distance, close and attack at point-blank range. Our enemies cannot respond effectively, with ballistic weapons at such short range, and you will attack without fear of reprisal. Near Dinju Pass, Dinju Mountains, Boreal Continent, Tukiad, Free Rasulhag Republic, 1st May 3052. Smoke Jaguar of Elemental, Bolin, fired the jump jets of his thruster pack, slowing his descent. He had fallen close enough to the planet's surface to make out the individual mechs of the cum guards below him. Bolin smiled. His cluster was about to become the first clan unit to set foot on Tukiad, stepping stone to terror. The first. When it came time to activate his jump jets again, he held back, watching with amazed interest as his velocity indicator rose into the red. The first, He would be the first warrior to set foot on Tukiad, his the honor, even if it killed him. Now, well ahead of the rest of the 6th Jaguar Dragoons, Bolin began a long, continuous burn with his jump jets. He was still falling far too fast. Green branches filled his vision, whipping up past him, then the world went black. Bolin's battle armor awoke him with an injection. It killed his pain with a second one. With a third, it restored his lust for battle. It could not, however, mend a severed spinal cord or repair two shattered legs. Determined to strike the first blow for Clan Smoke Jaguar, Bolin levered himself up on his elbow and fired an SRM shot at a passing guillotine. He missed. When the rest of his staff found him after the battle, they carried him back to the dropship. His military career had ended in broken bones and blood, and his commander reprimanded him for breaking formation during landing. Still, Bolin was content. The clans, all of them, had formally recognized him as the first clan warrior to touch the surface of Tukiad, the Accursed. La Siege Valley, Boreal Continent, Tukiad, Free Rattlehag Republic, 1 May 3052. Frank Bratling fell in behind his level 2's lead. He'd been assigned to the wing only recently, fresh out of Comstar's academy, after his predecessor had managed to rip off his left leg during a sporting event. Now he was on Tukiad, defending all of the Inner Sphere against the invading clans. He hadn't had time to talk to his family before his departure, but they would all be proud of him. His mother, his father, his brother. They will be proud when I tell them I helped defeat the Novacats and stop the invasion. Brantling's wing had a simple goal, prevent the clanners from landing their troops, ideally any troops, but even short out the academy, he knew that was a full stream. He would settle for damaging their transports or forcing them to fall back to another landing zone. The enemy dropships came up over the horizon. Identified. They are deep in the atmosphere, but they aren't trying to land, he realised. He would heard the clans could perform combat drops from a hovering dropship. Enemy aerospace fighters launched from their dropships and at the same time, Mechs began jumping from their ships. Blake's blood! The Comguard's guard's wing angled towards the lead dropship, a clan overlord. Frank brought up his weapons and targeted one of the dropships behind the lead. His paired PPCs spat bolts towards one of the approaching aerospace fighters, striking its wing. A follow-on blast scored a lucky hit and ripped a hole in the fighter's fuselage, causing it to spiral down to the ground. He didn't have time to check what type of fighter he'd just killed. Instead, he targeted one of the descending mechs, but this time his weapons missed completely. Stop targeting the mechs, Brantling. A voice chided him. Keep those fighters busy so the big boys can down the dropships. As if to reinforce the rebuke, one of the enemy fighters targeted him and forced him to break formation. A laser hit his left wing and sheared armor away. One of his wingmates targeted the offender, giving Frank precious milliseconds to break right, dip his nose, and come back up under another enemy fighter. His weapon spat fire but missed again. Instead, he hit one of the mechs dropping from one of the enemy dropships. This is Star Captain Mia Atwater. A female voice sounded over an open channel. Pilot of the Hammerhead HE, I accept your challenge under the rules of Zell Brigand. At the same time, the mech poured fire into him. His battle computer identified it as a Ryokan in an unknown configuration. LB pellets and missiles ripped into his already damaged left wing. He banked to the right and overshot the descending mech before he could target it. That wasn't true for the mech though. Weapons fire again ripped into his fighter and once more tore into his left wing. Ugh, you've got to be kidding me! He brought his fighter around again, pointed his nose to the ground and at water's mech below him and pushed his engines to the maximum. The enemy mech was almost down and Brantling had the dropships between his target and himself. But that didn't stop the star captain from firing another salvo with her LB class autocannons at him. His left wing broke off and he lost control of his fighter. No, no, no! His hand reached for the ejection system, but froze. His fighter's nose was pointed downward, and he was in the midst of enemy fighters and dropships. If he ejected, the jets of his pilot couch would likely crash him head first into one of the dropships, if he wasn't killed by a straight shot. I'm dead anyway but I can still serve Blake." He pulled hard on his controls. Star Captain Mia Outwater landed her Stormcrow on Tukiad and watched in horror as the hammerhead she had fatally damaged angled itself towards the Cat's moor. The fighter rammed nose first and weapons firing into the engines of the massive dropship. A chain reaction detonated the entire drive section and ripped its way through the belly of the ship before anyone on board could react. She did not have time to consider the loss though, there were still enemy aerospace fighters harassing the remaining Nova Cats and their own fighters were gone. She raised her mechs arms and fired on another enemy. The Comguards fighters, spurred on by the destruction of the Cats moor, intensified their attacks on the remaining dropships and landing troops. Our losses are too high, we need to regroup. After all their mechs and elementals had disembarked, the remaining dropships lifted for space again. She expected the enemy fighters would follow the ships, but instead they wheeled and began focusing on the ground troops. Was the only order she had time to bark to her trinary before the bombs began dropping. She fired on an approaching rapier, her LB-5X and Artemis supported LRM launchers shredding armour off its nose, but the fighter barely flinched. Instead it poured PPC fire into her, melting armour from her Stormcrow's right arm and leg. She fought to keep her mech upright and fired again. One cluster round hit the rapier's cockpit, turning it red from the inside, and the fighter crashed to the ground. Around her, more and more enemy aerospace fighters either broke off or were destroyed by the Nova Cat's return fire. She noticed Star Commander Emeline destroying multiple fleeing fighters and made a mental note to consider sponsoring her for a trial of blood rights. but the clan's own losses were staggering. From her trinary, only six mechs remained upright. The rest were either salvageable or a total loss, blown to pieces by dropping bombs or ripped apart by strafing runs. All around her, she could see the same. The Novacat's first minutes on Tukiad had been costly. Well, hello everyone. Shrapnel here saying thank you for listening to Battletopia Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this, then subscribe for regular stories. If you want to see more, I'd love to see you over on my YouTube or my Insta, hashtag Battletopia Stories. Remember, please support the artists and publishers so they can keep creating the content we all love. And I'll see you all on the next time. Bye.